All right, we, 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 we back at it, man. We back at it. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be talking to everybody. Yes, yes. Uh, we gave y'all two hours the last time, so we was hoping that it was going to cover you for the, for this extra this past week because we knew we was going to be out of town. But we still have people asking us where we was at, so we apologize, and we back at it now. Sincerely apologize. So so uh, let, let's get into it with the, with the mental health check-ins. Brother, how you feeling? How you feeling today? Feeling good, bro. Um, You know... Hit you up. We've been discussing. He's like, you know, we got to record, deliver some content. You know, COVID-19. I don't want to talk about it too much in this episode, but we are in a situation that we're in. Um, from I came back to Atlanta um, last week, Sunday, I've worked from home all week. My office, Seven World Trade Center, is um, shut down. Well, not shut down, but employees are strongly urged by all means, please do not come to the office. Um, mandatory work from home right now um and and let me just say because i've joked about it on the show before too work from home is dope when it's things are normal and it's like a friday and you start to work from home and you know exactly what you have to do that friday so it's perfect because you could run your errands during the downtime work from home is not dope when everyone's doing it on your in your team or at your firm every day for an extended period of time and you actually have to produce in uh, environment that's not as conducive. conducive to producing as an office, right? Now you have this little laptop and you're trying to do everything that you would do as if you were in your office. So at work from home is actually harder at home than if you were, you know, in your office setting. But that put aside, you know, uh, doing that, uh, staying active, the gym's closed as well. So what I'll do is I'll go for a jog at the local high school, hit the track, um, and just do some calisthenics either at home or there's a park, um, Right by me in Queens Village, I'll do some pull-ups, dips, calisthenics there. Um, but it's all right, man. I mean, you know, we have supplies. One thing I'm big on is that, uh, and maybe it's because I have a car or whatever, but I haven't just mass bought groceries and products. Mm-hmm. You know, like at, 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 at the at the crib, we, we're pretty good over there. You know, I'm I, uh, yeah, I'm a responsible shopper. I, I'm, I take my trip every two or three days, and I get some more. I did make sure, though, uh, key food by me was very low on water. And um, I was worried about that was one thing I was worried about was the was the the bottled water. Um, so what I did do they they restricted to two gallon bottles per family. So I had to pull a little finesse. I went inside, grabbed two. <laughs> I went back to the parking lot. I took my cap off and I took my hoodie off, and then I went back and grabbed two more. Cause you know the other, but I was like, listen, y'all ain't gonna catch me out here with no water. So I was like, I'm gonna at least get four. You know that could last for a while. Four gallon bottles be good. But yeah, man, I make the most out of it, man. Um, you know, uh, not to compare it to this, but I'm trying to treat it like a very responsible bid in the sense of dudes who, who do a bid, but the res- like if, if there's any right, and that is not really a right way to do it, but you strengthen your mind and you strengthen your body, right? So with all the time I have, right, you know, we doing, we got number time, make sure I get two workouts in every day. Making sure I'm reading. There's um there's e modules like online learning classes yeah. that I've had in my queue for a while. Some I've even paid for, and just procrastination. I'm not even gonna say time because I'm a firm believer. You find time for the things you want to find time and you want to find time for. But I constantly say to myself like oh, I don't got time for that. I don't got time for that. Making sure I'm getting through it because I, I legit have time. So um yeah, and I think that's just the mindset right now we got to be on, man. We um just have to. Make good use of the time. And then keep the balance, too. 
You know what? At first, I thought you was going to say that you was actually being forced to work, but it seemed like you still not working. What you mean? <laughs> no, I'm less interested. Because you got work? all this free time oh. to work out twice. You... Yeah, I mean, I, I work out. Uh, I, I do the jog. I do the jog at like around 730. I have a 9 a.m. call every morning, right? I do the jog at 730, come back, make some oatmeal. I'm good for the 9 a.m. call. And then I'm probably busy from 9 to like 11. And then it kind of dies down to like around two-ish. So during that time, I could catch a Netflix show. I could take a quick nap, do whatever. And then I'm probably, and then, but then it gets real busy in the afternoon to like about six, seven o'clock. Oh, okay. And then I'm free okay. for the, so and then I'm free. So the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, nah, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that makes sense. That makes so sense. So it varies. But yeah, man, I'm not, uh, what, what, what I am, if anything, mentally concerned with, I think I'm more concerned with the way other people are mentally processing this. You know, um, there's some panic going on amongst folks, you know, that like we I mentioned how I'm trying to do responsible shopping. People who are, you know, irresponsibly shopping, you know, uh I seen a video of like a older gentleman looking like he was in the pharmacy trying to find pharmaceuticals, you know, some airborne, uh Theraflu maybe, and the whole thing is cleaned out. And it's like, okay, I understand people want to but it's like if you take everything other people can't get anything at all, you know? Um, you know, when we was in Atlanta, um, a lot of the gun stores had long lines while we were there. And I was actually talking to my cousin. He lives in Long Island right now. And he was uh, telling me that even here in New York, for those, you know, who have legal permits, a lot of the gun stores in Long Island are sold out of ammunition. So People worried. Yeah, people are worried. People are worried. So, you know, I'm not necessarily worried, but... It, I worry when other people start to worry because I don't know how they're going to start to act, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but... It makes a lot of sense. I mean, we, we brought a lot of this panic on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, well, um, let me let me retract that. The government and some of our leaders put a lot of this panic on us. Yes, like, yes. Not taking things too seriously, not... You know, like, like we, we just didn't get ahead of it and we're actually not being honest. Can't even ask a question without... Uh... Our president getting in his feelings. <laughs> right? Because like, he's been called down his bullshit. But also just keeping in mind that is like some of the stuff like when you tell people, oh, people are dying and everybody's going to die. This is how people are going to react. to Yes. That. Yes. Right. When you are not telling them like, look, you know, it's really it's not that everybody's going to die. It's not that most of the people is going to die. It's not that the majority of the people is going to die. It's not that a lot of people is going to die. One death is too many deaths. Yes, absolutely. Right, but when you don't tell people properly, it's not but clarify too, because you know I'm a uh, a big advocate of just context in in any situation. You know, tell the folks what we even spoke about when I first uh, got here earlier when we were talking about um. They said you said oh, so, yeah the two deaths so, that were mentioned. So pretty much, it's just, you're not you don't want to just look at the number of deaths. You want to look at who's dying, right? And a clear example of that is they had a report out of Long Island saying. Three people died overnight from the coronavirus. And so now everybody looks at the TV. Half of the people immediately stopped and started worrying. And I was at the barbershop, mind you, when this happened. Right. Walked out the barbershop. But then when it comes on and you start listening to the story, it's like, yeah, three patients on hospice care that was 96, 96, and 97 years old died from the coronavirus. I'm like, first of all, if you're on hospice, you're on your way out. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you, mm -hmm. you're sent to hospice to die peacefully. Yep. Right? That's the first thing. Comfort care. 
Right. Palliative care, yeah. So it's kind of no, it's, it's there's palliative care and uh-huh. then there's hospice. That's right, right, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. it's it's, it's kind That's of different. Like, why would you even report that? Right, like those people are waiting to die, right? So you you really want to look at other things. Um, there there has I must say as I, although I'm very I'm not the biggest supporter of this entire stay home for two weeks. Yeah, and that's because to be honest, in two weeks these numbers may not necessarily go down, right? Like this is. We haven't touched 1% of the population in America. So eventually, it's going to go up. The numbers are going to rise. There's no known cure to the coronavirus. The majority of people that get the coronavirus is not going to feel it at all. You're going to be completely asymptomatic. You might the be sitting next to somebody who has it right now. Some, sick, some sickness to it. It's still going to get over it. They're not going to have effect of it. Right. It's a very small percentage of the people that's going to have a very negative outcome to this coronavirus. And... Us overly focusing on them is driving panic in everybody. Yes. Um, which sucks because I don't want nobody to die from it. But the longer people wait and nothing happens, the more frustrated you're going to get. People start going outside. I also feel bad because I can stay inside when they say stay inside for two weeks. But staying inside is a very privileged uh, mindset. This is true. This it's, is true. It's very privileged. And I don't think people have realized that. Mm-hmm. Yet. Right? Like to be able to not go outside and make money or do anything... It's something that you need to have money and be well right. and be at least and have and have a, and just have a certain system. I mean, there's so many things. You know, you think about, uh, you know, kids. You know, some of the you know school being closed. You know, school is not only a meal, especially for a lot of New York City kids. We spoke about this before. New York City uh, homeless rates, public uh, board of education homeless rates. It's not only a meal. Um, school going to school could be refuge mm-hmm. for many students. Um, you know, think about people who may not have the ideal home situation, uh, a woman who may live with an abuser, you know, now she's quarantined with this abusive, um, spouse or significant other. Um, as you mentioned, somebody who did not on a salary job and has to legit generate income every day. They got to hustle. They got to get outside every day to, um, to, to, to generate income. Um, yeah, I mean, just the whole idea of quarantining. I mean, we have to do it, but do realize that the ability to stay home and still keep things afloat is it's a blessing it's a blessing not everyone is able to just adhere to this whether they want to or not it's it's, it's you, you you gotta you know look outside yourself sometimes and not don't think not think that everyone has the uh same or not even think about it but just realize people have different situations from uh what you may have so let me uh, segue that. I mean, with all the free time that we have right now, Doctor J, uh, what some of the things keep you entertained? What is? What are you watching? What have you watched? Oh, wait, first, let you me know. Check in real quick. Oh man, I didn't even I didn't even mean to pass over your mental health. Okay. You know, okay. not that you know, not that you uh, don't have crazy things going on in your head that you got to address, but uh, share it. <laughs> no, nah, um, I think quickly for me, uh, for being in being back in Atlanta uh, was a. Uh, it was it was fulfilling to a large part. So a lot of people may not know um, my dad's family is from College Park, Atlanta. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't even know that. We uh, so my great grandfather uh, used to bootleg liquor during Prohibition, and some white men wanted his liquor business. He went and give it to them. Well, maybe during Prohibition, maybe before then. Uh, some white men wanted his business. He went and gave it to them, and they held them over the train tracks. Another train. I remember tracks. you told me that story. I didn't. I, didn't, I just didn't know that took place in and it was College Park. And gotcha. the crazy thing enough is, while we was down there, my dean, uh, we met up with my dean to go for brunch. A in College Park. It was in College Park. 
And after we, after you left us when we was going back to the airport, uh, I told um, two of my frat brothers, y'all just want to go to College Park because I'm going to drive through the town. And while it's not that big of a town necessarily, I did realize that the train tracks run completely through the trial. So we kind of like just drove along the train tracks and then I told them a while afterwards. Mm. So it kind of felt like going back home afterwards. Mm. Interesting. Can you imagine your family having to run and leave Jamaica for some reason and then having the means to come back? To come back and just walk around and check it. Yeah, yeah. I've also been like thinking about buying property somewhere either in the Atlanta area or in like Florida. So it would almost be like a, a coming back home kind of thing. Yeah. So I think, um, so for me, it was like mentally fulfilling. I think right now I'm, I'm more so in a mindset of, as well, beyond that in terms of COVID. And for those who don't know, when you hear the term COVID-19, it stands for Coronavirus Disease, C-O-V-I-D, right? Um, and it's just a group of viruses. The biggest one we worried about is something called SARS, which we all had to output. Um, we had the outbreak of from China before. Right. Um, but I think me so just worried about, because um, I'm a professor, and all of my students, all of my nurse practitioner students are frontline providers, you know. And they're trying not to panic because they don't have enough supplies. Right. But they're still like, this is what we signed up for. So I think I'm also inspired by them. Um, and I'm also getting ready to go back on the front line um, next week um, to start seeing patients within their home as well. So trying to remain safe and everything. But um, some of the things that you said has been keeping me entertained, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Social also, media is very, yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, streaming of shows. I watched um, uh, Snowfall. My joint. Franklin <laughs> Saint. Hey, Leon, let me t- tell you how you got to cook this. <laughs> don't don't oh be God. serving no. <laughs> Listen, really Yo, the funniest thing about Damson Idris, I don't know if Kat's like, man, I... My man is straight from Peckham, London, bro. And he has mastered that West Coast accent. Like, you would have thought boy grew up in Compton. Son, he's a Nigerian kid from South London, bro. You know what I like about him, too, in terms of acting? You know when people are trying to play another culture? Yeah. And they try to overemphasize Right, like the stereotypes and that. Yeah, yeah. And that's not him. Right, right. He has, like, the subtle, like, I'm educated, I'm cultured. And I'm supposed to be from the West, but I'm not going to over-exaggerate. Exaggerate, right. I like it. Yeah. Like, I like the acting. It's believable. It's believable, yeah. The the, the, the movie, ang- the the video video angles of it. I like everything. And Wanda needs a, uh, an award for playing that crackhead. Yeah, nah. So I, I watched she, she She killed that role. On My Block on Netflix. I watched, I got through the season. I heard about On My Block. I haven't, uh, I didn't see that one yet. I like it. A bunch of badass little kids. In high school? Today I just finished, and it's, it's been on my, my radar for a while, I recommended The Black Godfather, the story oh, of Clarence Avant. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't get to finish that. That is dope. That I, the, the more, and I, I it's funny because I watched like the first 10 minutes and just forgot about it for a while. Came back today and was like, oh yeah, I never finished this. Let me finish this. Bruh, he is so integral and instrumental in so many career paths in both, man, not even music alone, with music entertainment politics too uh obama clinton uh sports um hank aaron getting uh getting hank aaron to have because hank aaron prior to hitting 715 had no endorsements and it was actually clarence avon that approached him and was like you're about to break history you need to have income outside of your contract with the braves and coca-cola which is based right in atlanta too he was the one he, so basically, they have a joke in there where um, 
he's telling a story of how he did it. He goes into the Coca-Cola headquarters, they schedule a meeting, and his first line is, you know niggas drink a lot of Coca-Cola. This is him talking to the white. See, <laughs> you know niggas drink a lot of Coca-Cola. And you got a nigga right in this town who's nice in baseball, basically. I think there needs to be alignment there, you know? Um, and the deal ended up working out, but yeah, man, he I, I didn't I didn't realize that he was, you know, he's just like a puppet master. He's just a behind the scenes guy of a lot of things that we've seen unfold from the sixties to the present day. Um, that's pretty dope. Um well, right there, I, th- I think it's I think it's amazing how black folks have used music as they entry into everything. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right? Mm-hmm. Like when you even like Nas started off as an artist, and when you think about Nas' investment portfolio and how dope that is, right, right, right. Like we all know about the Jay Z's, right? And how he's Beyonce, yeah, yeah. Moved. Um, I think it's amazing that we've taken, like, we've created like hip hop, and then when we started learning about controlling your own, and we started expanding on it. Right and yes, we did it with R and B and right. music and all of that. But I think like hip hop has like always been ours. I and think hip hop really pushes it even more too. If you look at the background, even if you look at artists that aren't even on the level of like hove with the investments, you might look at just you know kind of like what Meat got into with with uh, with his prison reform and even business. We were partnering up with Lids and this that with Michael Rubin and those guys. I think because. Hip hop, particularly rap, has this hustle aspect of the culture. Yeah. So it's like, if you was a hustler from before, whether it was you know hustling in the hood, you know whatever you was doing, like you know rap, you know Cam had a Cam had a line back in the day would say, "I'm a hustler, not a rapper. Rap is my hustle." Yeah. You know, so you used rap as a tool to generate income and as an avenue because you're good at it. But then once you now have this level of capital. You're now realizing that you can continue to grow the capital and also maintain the capital other ways outside of rapping. And you could still put out projects and albums every so often. But it's like, oh, I can get involved in this business. I can get involved in real estate and this, that. And not to say other genres don't have that, but I think the reason why you see it so heavy in hip hop is because it just, you know, and, and even female artists too. You know, you look how Meg is moving, you know, stuff that, um, you know, Kim used to be on back in the day, um, Queen Latifah, got to act, you know what I mean? Like, I think just because the nature of rappers, they hustlers. So they don't want to just rap. Like, they, it's, it's all a hustle for them, you know? I think a lot of, I think, uh, um, I think part of that also is from the sacrifice that R&B, Soul, and them made for us. Because a lot of them got raped. Yes. Badly. Yes. So I think that that sacrifice, I think the coming to life of it, and then I think also now hustlers finding out. Because remember before when rappers first started rapping, it was you got to leave the streets outside of music. Yes. Right. But now people are like, no, no, no. If you a hustler, be a hustler first. Like you just said, like Cam saying, I hustle. I don't rap. Like rap is just one of my hustles. Right. And I think we should take that in our everyday life. If your job is your life, that's a problem. Your job should be one of your hustles, right? Mm-hmm. Right, like especially when you when you talk about um, getting more money and you you talk about how millionaires have at least seven streams of income, right? Right, that means that your job is one of your hustles, and if you're not hustling in multiple ways at your outside job, of that, mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Unless you just a person that is okay with life and being where you at, then that's fine. I'm not talking to you. This goes over your head. I'm not talking to you. I'm not addressing you. I'm not disrespecting you. But if you one of those people who want more, then you got to start hustling. Yep. It just can't be, I go to work every day. That has to be one of the hustles. Right. Right. And I think that's a good way for us to segment into music, actually. 
since we since we was on topic and talk about everything. We could talk about um, J Electronic Project, or you want to get to Young Bird first? Um, yeah, let's 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 actually let's dissect that that J Electronic project, man. Ah, let's dissect that real testimony. quick. I love the fact that the bars are dope, but they still hitting you with like history and content too, but still rapping their ass off. You know, like man, it was it was Jay Z really blacked on this, on yeah. this album. Yeah, mm-hmm. anytime he got a feature, yeah. he blacked on his album. So it's been, it's been some criticism. We also the Twitter world, Twitter war, and of course I'm over exaggerating by saying Twitter war. They exchanged like three three tweets between each other, um, between um, between uh, Joe Button and uh, Jay Electronica. Uh, Jay Electronica took some offense to what uh, Joe Button had Joe Button had to say about his um, his album. Uh, for those who don't know, you know Joe Button was a heavy critic of Jay Electronica's album because he felt like. Jay Electronica has had the opportunity to not really be out there and be outside battling at one of his top rappers because people consider him a great lyricist, right? Um, and then when he comes out with his debut track, he comes out with Hove, and then he, you know, he just didn't like it for, like, the anticipation. Um, he really felt like it should have been more Jay Electronica. He felt like the beat should have been better, and he should have felt like Jay Electronica should have not come to play with Hove. Like, he felt like Hove came, to, came for blood, and Jay Electronica came to be happy on the track. Hmm. about that? So, I mean, from going back to Exhibit C, that's like, when was that last? That was, that was years. That might have been like college, honestly. It might have been like eight years ago. There's a, there's a track on here, Shiny Suit Theory, which isn't new. That came out like about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was probably like the last solid Jay Electronica track I heard that well, he's even released. I honestly was a little disappointed that Hove had such a presence on the album, you know, and particularly on the songs that I really like too, because it's kind of like when we was even breaking down the Little Baby album, and what I really liked about the growth on this album, and even when I watched the interview where he's explaining about why he called it My Turn, is because he wanted to show his fan base and his people, because he was, you know, really building up his steam, but mostly was doing features. Yeah. Right he and also put out an album with Gunner before that. Right and I put out exactly. So he wanted to show it's his turn, like his time to shine, his his showcasing his artistic ability. And my favorite tracks on there, if if there is a feature, it's minimal. He's mostly he's solo on that album. Yeah. So I think with the J Electronica album now, written testimonies like damn the tracks that I really like. I don't even know if I really like it for Jay's. Jay Electronica's uh, verse, or is it because it's Hove's verse? Which, you know, for the most part, we could say Hove really um, any verse he has on there, he comes hard. Like he probably pushes Jay Electronica out the water on his own album. And, and I, I think that's because when Jay Z has a Jay Z has this thing where when he's on a track with somebody he respects as a lyricist. Like he really elevates his game. Yes, right? he elevates like his pen. A lot of for that. like the Jay Z and Nas tracks that they have together, right? Like you probably say Jay's level of wordplay is great. Um, like it's it's it's, and I think that comes from the whole um, Renegade, right? With Eminem, Eminem from Blueprint, right? and the yeah. way that people viewed that track of how he felt like how he has to give it to people. So now, because he respects Jay Electronica so much, I feel like he really elevated it. And for Jay Electronica, was like, oh yeah, I'm happy. Like, I got like one of my heroes on a on a on a project with me. 
Uh, and then also, I think like Jay is rapping to beats, and Jay Electronica is doing more like spoken word on this. It seems like yes, it gives it like Jay Electronica. Jay Electronica comes off like a poetry feel. Um, I think there's also a lot of unfair cons- com- um, comparisons to um, Watch the Throne, right? Like that was Watch the Throne was going to be a different album, right? right? Just like, sonically sound, yeah, yeah, right. Like Watch the Throne, was gonna yeah, be like, you can play it in a in a concert and everybody's going to go crazy and the way that's going to be mixed, right? And commercials, commercial be, songs too, and yeah, right. Like for the most yeah. part, all of this is really just Jit Electronica producing, rapping, everything. So it's it's different. Um, but I, 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 I get it. I respect um, uh, Button's um, uh, thoughts and opinions on it. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, like I said, I understood it. But um, you know, as as a as a brother who listens to Electronica, I would really still call myself a Electronica fan. I don't think he even has enough material to really be a fan for me, at least to be a fan of his. But always respected his his pen and his his, his lyricism. Um, I still wasn't mad at it. Like yeah. that's, I, I saw that. I was like, damn, you know. But like, even everything I just mentioned, my host, I still wasn't mad at the fact that there is so much hove in there, or the fact because I, I feel like it almost kind of fits what I expect from Jelly Chanica. Yeah. Like, because I don't expect him to shoot a bunch of videos and do a big nationwide tour and Absolutely. and 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 be an out there artist anyway. So it also doesn't even surprise me that he's kind of in the background on his album because he's always been a kind of background cat. Awesome. Drop a little bit, go in the background, like. He's not a. He's not gonna be in the club. He's very big on the FOI and the discipline of the, you know, the black Muslim life. So, it it almost kind of fits him that he did it this way. Almost like I'm not mad at it. I was I was happy with it uh, because it gave me something different during this time of music, right? Like it, it gave me something to like really think about it that wasn't street music. It wasn't loving dovey music, and it wasn't just drill music, right? right. Like it, was, it was really mental elevation music. Yeah. That you could have fun breaking down the lyrics to mm-hmm. it, right like when we were saying here earlier breaking down the lyrics of it like i really enjoyed that yeah um so it's very different and like i said it's it's jay electronica so this is what i expected of him right right and if you ain't the biggest jay electronica fan then you may be like uh, no right you gotta know like what he called yeah it's, it's it's on par it's on par and and keith like you said i haven't really uh you know rhapsody her last project I would say there was a lot of thought, but I haven't really, yeah, Rhapsody's probably trying to think what else dropped, but mm-hmm. prob- possibly since, um, no, in terms of like just deep thought, oh, but possibly okay. since like Kendrick's last project, really, yeah. you know, since maybe Damn, which Kendrick, by the way, you're on the clock, brother, you are on the clock in 2020 for this new album. Do not think that we're going to be okay with 2020 ending and you still have not given us a new Did album. Did come out after 444? Oh, before. Before 444. Before, yeah. So four, four, four. Yeah. And I also felt like... So, yeah, so 444, four, four, sorry, so 444, four, four, forgot about that, damn, but, you know... I think the industry and, and you know cats like us, you know, we we are uh, we're not old, but we not, you know, you know, young lit drip, <laughs> yeah. you know, generation. Um, you know, I, I think the game was due for a, a, a solid conscious rap out project, you know. I also feel like when four 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 really make you out, think it was a lot of people that wasn't feeling it. I mean did right? it's all oh, what's this introspective whole and I was like, This is amazing. Right. I mean this I think that's and also too it's the nature of the times. Uh people ain't really checking for woke rap like that, to yeah. be honest with you. They need to you know you are, everything can't be and, the same. Right. People ain't checking for it. You know, you know, we even have like our younger frat bros, chapter bros, would be like, well, if 
you know what I mean? If I wanted that, I would go read a book, you yeah. know? Yeah. I just feel like, <laughs> but yeah, but it's so much doper too when you don't have to read a book. Absolutely. When it could be integrated right into what right. you absorb musically, you know? Yeah. Right, Playing right. both, like you gotta get your learning everywhere. We're everywhere, so I, I, everywhere. I Break down some lyrics, man, and, and find some reasonings behind it. If you can't, then Google rap genius, right? And get it out. Yep. But I'm I'm not mad at it, brother. I, I will just say, um, hopefully, this isn't like a a groundhog move on the part of Jelly Tron. Like, hopefully, the next project isn't seven, eight years from now, right? Like, hopefully, this is the start of of, of more content to be re- to be released. So yeah, I'm not I'm not mad at it. Um, the weekend dropped this project just uh, on Friday after hours. Um, haven't been able to fully take it in. Standout song for me so far is uh, "Repeat After Me." Um, he's like really singing on that one, you know. Um, first track seems a little reminiscent of "House of Balloons," and it's funny because today the 21st is actually the uh, what's the the 2011. It was is is the date March twenty first, twenty eleven is when he dropped House of Balloons. Yeah. So that's uh nine years to the date. Um but it, it gave a it gave to me a very uh reminiscent of House of Balloons vibe. And uh, you know, we haven't really had let me not say we haven't really had, but a lot of weekend fans feel like weekend peaked with House of Balloons, his first project. And pretty much everything since then has been experimental and different sounds, kind of like the house sound, European dance music, so forth and so on. But they still hold House of Balloons as its first. Um, I haven't fully gone through this album, but there's, there's a mix of vibes on it, which is what I like. Because I you know, I remember he had a project um, where it just felt like he was too heavy on a house vibe, you know? Um, this one, it seemed like it's a, it's a good little mix. So that's pretty solid. haven't heard of it. But uh, let's 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 see, let's see Young Bird, right? Like, still take it, still. Talk oh, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Dancehall reggae legend Buju Banton. So Tory Lanes, and you gotta respect T. I know a lot of people, and I agree, man. I agree. I got a lot of family up in Toronto, Brampton, particularly where Tory's from, and uh, I know a lot of people think Tory's corny, and I'll agree to that. He has a lot of just antics and things he carries on with, but that man, that that man is a hard worker. Feel how you want to feel about that man personally. He's constantly in the studio and he's constantly putting out content and it's dope. Like he doesn't really put out whack stuff. Wow. Whether it's rapping Tory, singing Tory, whatever. He jumps on uh he jumps on the remix for Trust, one of the songs that Buju um Buju Banton had put out since he came home. Floats on it. Like because you know Tory you know, no shots at Drake, but Tory's legit Caribbean, right? Unlike Drake, who grew up around Caribbean people, Tory's legit Caribbean. So the accent comes more natural for him. You know, he could actually flow in it, and bro, he floats on that. So check that out. Trust Remix, Buju Banton featuring Tory Lanes. All right. Um, getting into Young Bird, so still talking about music. Uh, some news had came out that Young Bird was accused of. That's Hitmaker, right? Hitmaker, same Hitmaker. person? Okay. I right. just wanted to make sure I was aware of that. He's accused of domestic violence, and when this came out, of course, we as American culture was quick to get on him, blame him, talk about him. Um, also talk about his incident on, uh, you know, Ratchet TV, Love and Hip Hop uh, LA. And talking about how, you know, he abuses women, he has his history, yada, yada, yada. People was reporting that he beat up his girlfriend. And then come to find out, right? One, this young lady was not his girlfriend, right? Which doesn't matter in terms of domestic violence. But then two, it wasn't domestic violence. She was actually trying to set him up. Line his ass up. Right? Like, she was trying to set him up while she was with him. She came over to his crib. And tell me how you feel about this. Young lady comes to your house. 
Um, she's been to your house a couple of times. Y'all have had some sexual relations. And tries to get him to go outside into the hot tub. Right? Now, most people would think that doesn't sound bad. But it was 50 degrees outside. And he's right. like, why are we getting in a hot tub when it's 50 degrees? So he's like, no, we're not. Then, come to find out, she starts attacking him. As he defended himself, his back door alarm goes off. And he realized there's three people outside, three men outside with guns trying to kick open his back door. But couldn't kick it open because it was heavily bolted. Right? Couldn't get in his front door. So he ended up going upstairs, getting his gun. Alarm goes off, everything. But he released the video um, cam footage of this because people were really coming at him for domestic violence. So he had to release the video. And the video is so disturbing. So disturbing. Like, you just have men in your backyard... Where you normally hang out in your, your your backyard, your jacuzzi, where you grill at, they just chilling out there with guns, waiting comfortably. Yeah, like they're yeah. not in a rush. They're not like they're just sitting there staring at the door, like this is going to open for us, right? Like it's it's disturbing. Right? Especially like, especially following what happened with Pop Smoke. I mean, absolutely. I don't. Yeah, I I think it may have been more than a robbery they intended to do. And it, you, and when you watch the, the, the video. Absolutely. And, yo, bro. And because it's like the, the, the face wasn't covered um, initially, right? And, and my mindset is kind of like, if you let me see your face, you have every intention on killing me. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and then I'm also hitting up, sitting up here thinking, like, we was just in Atlanta, right? Stayed at a dope crib, right? And, like, we're, like, when we in the crib. And I'm very big on when people are in my personal home. Don't videotape nothing in my home. Don't put nothing in my home on Instagram. Don't do none of that. We go on a vacation home. Like, that's fine. We can do that. That's amazing. Right? And, I like, we were doing it. But in the back of my mind, the only thing I kept saying is, let's lock all these doors. Yep. I remember. You were very on that. Every night. You were very much on that. Lock the garage. Lock this door. Lock it. And people just kind of like, yo, why? Yo, and I'm like, I'm not trying to get caught up out there. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially down in Georgia. You know, especially, like, all my, uh, two of my cousins live down in Georgia. And they both... You know, they both are, you know, legal gun owners and they make sure because especially like kind of like where we were staying, like if you're not in like, let's say Midtown or downtown Atlanta, you're more looking the suburbs out. A lot of those big kind of state properties that suburban, you know, it's woodsy, you know, people could like enter through the back, you know, like it's 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 uh it's very the setup is you're not near a neighbor that close like. You know, home invasion, somebody could totally, like, get all the way to the door undetected. It's not like there's heavy traffic, like a, a busy neighborhood, like where we are right now in Brooklyn or even Queens. You know, like, somebody could definitely sneak their way all up to, you know, into your living room. You know, so. I definitely heard the stories. Like, I've heard yeah. stories of, because some of those properties out there in Georgia has been, it's like, almost like gentrification. Where it was, mm. like, projects or project-esque, right? Because they don't have, like, New York City projects. Right. Like, project X, like, um low-income houses and they pretty much transform that land into bigger states but they push poor people out and they put up these gated communities but didn't gate off the woods like behind the woods nobody thought of that right and i've heard stories of people being at their friend's house and little kids coming across the street knocking on the door saying daddy tied up right like because they had been watching daddy mm. drive in and out in different cars and they ran all the way through the woods because this state neighborhood that they grew up in. Right, you know, right. They, you know, they don't navigate those woods. So I was definitely like, yo, this, this is crazy. You don't want to. And then also, you just don't feel comfortable. Like, after that, you probably got to move. Right, absolutely. Right? I'm probably thinking like, yo, I got to move now. If somebody can jump my fence that easily, I got to move. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, that's crazy. Um, shout out to him for being alert. 
Yeah. Shout out to him for being alert because, uh, you know, some cats might have been so thirsty for the pussy. And it's like, oh, yeah, hot tub. Let's go in the hot tub. Like, clearly he slid his marbles on to be like, nah, this don't make no sense. Like, it's freezing cold outside. Why would we go in the hot tub? Like, why are you so insistent in us getting in the hot tub? You know, but um, yeah, it's an old school thing, man. Like, and, and you know, brothers, any of just be careful, man. Single brothers out there, you know, you going to you go you going to her crib. She coming to your crib. Just you know, don't don't get so so lost in your machismo and also the chase for it that you know you forget your IQ on the same token. Always think somebody may be trying to line you up. Mm-hmm. If you have been together a couple times, yeah. Right, like always, especially if you haven't started meeting people, parents and family. Family, yeah, right, right. I need to know where your mom's there. I need to know where your aunt's there. I need to, because if you try to do something to me, I need to know where I got to go to find you. Exactly. Right. Um, So that's great. Shout out to him, though. I'm happy that he's all right. Let's also, as a culture, not be so quick to judge because there's a lot of people that just started writing him off. But we're happy that you're safe. We're happy that you're all right in these times. Got to get the context, you know? And that's not to say that. You know, domestic violence is not a real thing and a very serious thing, but, you know, definitely, like you, like you said, let's just, as a culture, just get more facts, gather facts, and assess, you know, before we, we go with the first story. All right, let's, let's get into sports, man. Let's get into sports, man, because there ain't no sports, <laughs> bruh. Sports is canceled. It's everything canceled. ESPN is hurting. ESPN was playing Watching baby bowling. <laughs> playing baby bowling. <laughs> Watching bowling on ESPN, man. You know, and it's like I'm looking at something like, what is, what is going on? That dude fillet about to start making videos off a of bowling place. <laughs> like, uh, it's canceled. But you know, the number one sport that runs America, football is still going. Well, the off season is, is has been very noteworthy. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, like they had we had some some big news in football. Tom Brady, six Tom Brady champion left the Patriots is now the on the Bay Tampa Bucks. Bay Buccaneers. Oh yeah, you know they also trying to sign. Uh, they think about signing AB. He wants AB to play with him. He wants AB to play with him. He wants AB to play. Oh, with okay. Him. That's that's okay. So, and, um, so, cause I know there was some talk that even in uh, even in New England, like like he was fond of AB. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was still fond. And of and he and he was upset when they let him go. So that was genuine. Okay. Hey, so and also. Damn. Um, so what's that receiving call? That's Mike. Ev- who's that? That's uh. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Goodwin. Goodwin had also. Had a great year. Yeah. Um, you might add, add AB. You might add AB, AB to that. Howard, right? Which is one of the Sheesh. top two tight ends out of his drive. Uh-huh. Um, which is, they gotta, they, they'll have a hell of an offense. Defense got better as the time went on, and I think Todd Brawls would be able to pick and play some people. Uh, which Once again, the New York Jets, you cannot make anything happen. You had that man as head coach for at least three years, and we flopped. Yo, bro, he goes back to doing what he does best, defense elsewhere, and he's going to shine with it. Some better New York teams. Are you a Mets fan as well? No, nah, I'm not a Mets fan, actually. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm, need you to find I'm a Yankees fan. New York teams, bro. Well, the Knicks, the Jets. That, oh. Well, I mean... For the long, just to, yeah, I'm not going to stay too long on this, but in regards to the Knicks, up until very recently, they were the only New York team. So yes, yes, yes. that's why my dad was a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks fan. Um, in regards to the Jets, the reason why I'm a Jets fan and not a Giants fan is because when I was in elementary school, um, Keyshawn Johnson and Vinny Testaverde came to my school. Okay. So that's just like the first, I was like, okay, well, I'm going with these guys. There will never be no slander towards Vinny Testaverde. Right. Why is I'm not, that? I'm not, I'm not gonna slander him. Why is that? Because where he went to college at. Oh, because he went to the U. Shout out to the Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he killed it there too. Killed so, it there. So there's, there's not gonna be no slander there. There's yeah. not gonna be no slander there. Um, 
But um, uh, it kept going. Uh, Melvin Gordon got a new home. Used to be one of the top five running backs. Mm -hmm. No longer necessarily the top five because he missed some time. But he left. He's in Denver. Your man Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley got released. So what do you think that was? Was that a a pay thing and them feeling like he wasn't living up to the big contract he got? Or do you think that was more so they just think that knee is really there's his his best days are behind him? I think a large because that really surprised me, bro. I think a large part of that is them overpaying Jared Goff, who sucks. By the way, let's be clear, because people always used to say, "Oh, you're so hard on him." No, he sucks. Right? It's a good chance that if you suck in college, you probably gonna suck in the pros too. Right? Um, but I think them feeling like they had to overpay him. They paid this man a lot of money. I think Jared Goff is easily one of the top 10 paid quarterbacks. Wow. Did he look like a top 10 quarterback last year? Definitely not when he went to the Super Bowl and flopped. So you have to start deciding where you go. And then they also paid Aaron Donald, right? Like you got to start deciding. You got to pay that, man. That man's a beast. Yeah, money. yeah, yeah. And if you want to pay Jared Goff, you probably got to pay an offensive line to protect him as well. Right, right. You can't keep Tiger. You can't keep paying him. You can't. And then also, also when people are getting money, when you start not making the playoffs, everybody can go. I can lose without you. If I'm losing with you, I can lose without you. True, true. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily surprising. He found a new home in Atlanta. Where he's from? Well, I don't know if he's from Atlanta, but I know he's from Georgia. Yeah, he played he played ball in Georgia. Right. He plays college ball in Georgia. Yeah. Right? Under Mark Rick, who's also a um University of Miami alumni. Uh so that so that was Sometimes great. I feel like you rep the U. And I trust me, I got love for the U. Shout out my cousin Paul, he went to the U. Um but sometimes I feel like you rep the U harder than you rep Binghamton, bro. I don't know, it's, it's weird, <laughs> like you know, I get, shout I out to the Canes, but uh, me. You get real, you get real excited, man, when it comes to Canes. Like, but it's like, because how they treated me versus the how I was treated in Binghamton. Okay, from, understandable. From an academic standpoint, okay. Because from a cultural standpoint in Binghamton, from my people, that will never be topped. Right. Ever. I would. I mean, there might there might be other things you could speak to. That I, I mean, grad never, school versus undergrad. You know, it yeah, could have no, been. No. Could have been. And grad, I was still in nursing program that day. Oh yeah, true. You did, yeah, yeah. A black man there. Y'all just told you when when I went up there to speak at Milton's funeral, we had a, a mentor who who died, black man in Binghamton. So we give the listeners some context. Yes. And I spoke Milton at Milton it, Chester. And I was like, I, when I spoke, because it was a bunch of white administrators, there, one of the things I told them was, when I entered this university, Binghamton University, in the fall of two thousand and one, the percentage of black folks at Binghamton was three point five percent. Right. When I left. Binghamton in 2009 um, with my master's the percentage of black folks was still 3.5% currently the percentage of black folks in Binghamton is you want to guess Trev? it's probably even declined I don't even think it's still, still between 3.5% okay so stay the same or would decline okay right. yeah now it's also stated that often your university should probably be reflective of the population of your state in 2010 it was 16% black people in New York State. In New York State. Why is this not 16% black people in Binghamton? In the university. Right? Like, to, keep, to keep the things proportionally black fair, yeah. still going to Syracuse. They're still going to Cornell and Ithaca. Right? They're still up in Buffalo. And so, you know, it's, it's just one of those, like, it, it just wasn't the best experience. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, oh, we, there, was a, there was a conversation while we're in football. So, DeAndre Hopkins, who has been... The best receiver in football. My boy, Nuck. Even if you don't want to say he's the best receiver, he's been top three. Bruh. Without an argument. You know I don't even mess with fantasy football like that, but that one year I came for your neck, and dudes (laughs) was like, man, when Trev come out of nowhere killing fantasy football, who who was my wide receiver killing it? My boy, Nuck, man. Right? DeAndre, nice. From he was at Clemson. So, 
the the, the his his football coach Bill O'Brien gets promoted to become the general manager as well, calls him into his office to have a meeting, and then starts talking to him about he doesn't like how many baby mothers he has. He reminds him of Aaron Hernandez. Well, now, just quick, not to defend Bill O'Brien, he didn't say he reminds him of Aaron Hernandez. He said the last time he had to have a meeting with a player like this, it was with Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, kind of. let's say that. Last time he, it was with Aaron Hernandez. Right. Now, when you bring up Aaron Hernandez's name, let's understand. Right. That you're the first up, thing that somebody's going to, yeah. You're bringing up somebody who was allegedly accused of murder, who was convicted of one murder, right? Um, also, who killed himself, right? Um, you're, you're bringing up all of these old demons of this man. A lot of dark thoughts, yeah. placing it on a comparison to a man who has never been in trouble, right? Like, for, for, where, for where DeAndre Hopkins have come to being in college, to being in the pros, he has never been in trouble. No off the field incident right. so far. Yep. Why would you consider having that stand up guy? Right. Right. Also, being on the field, he has produced. Right. And let's not forget, he was with the Texans when they couldn't get a quarterback to throw a ball more than fifteen yards. Right. Before they got Watson. Yep. Right. Yeah. He because repris- when Andre Johnson was there and then DeAndre Hopkins came in. Yeah. Right. DeAndre Hopkins was still holding it down. That so, season that I'm talking about in fantasy football, what Deshaun wasn't drafted yet. Probably not. No, nah, yeah, it was still Hoyer, one of those yes. guys, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The only and he was putting up numbers because I was killing. Hopkins has ever said something was when the Texans owner made the comments about we can't let. Um, it's a comment from a movie I can't remember, but we can't let the inmates run their Salem. Yes, I remember that. that. Yeah, comparison. Yeah, to to talk about the NFL players. Right. right? Yeah. People was like, oh, it comes from a movie. I don't give a fuck. Right? Don't compare me to inmates. Right. right? Especially when we know how our prison industrial complex is set up where it's majority black, black men. Even if, even you know what I mean? Even industrial um, society complex was 99% white. Do not compare me to Still, either way. Yeah, yeah. No right. Or have not been convicted of crimes. Right? And DeAndre Hopkins' response was, I'm going to walk out of practice. I'm not practicing right now. But he still came back and played that week. He right. He did his business. He did everything. Why would you not want to keep this man? Right. And then what did they do? They pretty much gave him away for a, for a ham sandwich, according to Michael Irvin. Right? <laughs> Michael Irvin said for a ham sandwich. And you mean to tell me black folks can't be general managers? This was and this is what you got. Black folks can't be general managers. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Well, him, him and Larry Fitz about to link up. Young kid Kyler Murray, you know, he he's coming in his own. Let's see what he do. I just hope Hopkins don't turn out to be the next Larry Fitzgerald, which is do all these great accolades, but never, but never, never, and never win one. Yeah, yeah. But he's also, I think his, I think he only has like one or two more years in his contract, so he might be up soon if they may make a move or something. What do you, uh, what do you think about Carolina, man? So it's it's official. They uh, are. He hasn't replaced. They haven't. They haven't released Cam yet, but they're clearly going in a different direction. Um, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, by the way. Um, I always liked Teddy Bridgewater, man. I always liked him from college days at Louisville. He was good at uh, he was good in Minnesota. I know he had the injury. Um, came to New York to my Jets. Of course, you know we, we couldn't make anything happen with him. But then he goes to New Orleans and uh, does a great job filling the void while Drew Brees was hurt, and rightfully so, people knew that he was in for um, a starting role and a payday. And he got that with Carolina. So Carolina's clearly showing, like you know, the Cam Newton. Uh, yeah, the mar- yeah, the, the, yeah, the marriage is over, and they're they're now going forward with Teddy Bridgewater. So you know, shout out to Teddy finally getting your bag. You know, back to starting quarterback. Uh, make that work. 
But Cam, though, where do you think Cam's headed, man? Because Cam is still an elite quarterback. Where do you think? So, but, is but, he going to replace Tom Brady in New England? So, where, where's he going? There's, there's some people who are worried about Cam Newton's shoulder, having back-to-back um, shoulder surgeries and back-to-back years. Uh, I think, um, in terms of just fits, I can't necessarily say where he's going because I have to keep in mind that Cam Newton's a black quarterback, so he might not necessarily get a fair shake. So um, it would be nice if he went to um, New England. When you think about a lot of the receiver cores that Cam Newton has had, it hasn't been much. Think you'd be well received there? Would that be in Brady Town for the past twenty years? And yeah, yeah, okay. Because right? I, I think he it has, is New England. He has. More I'm biased, guys. I I hate anything New England. I've had uh, very negative experiences in Boston area. This I think New England's more racist than the Deep South, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> oh, we'll have that conversation. Yeah. one day. Um, but uh, and that that's that conversation about the whole the North got away with not being racist, um, but we'll, we'll have that talk about when we talk about the great migration of the South to the North. Yep. Um, but I think he'll, he'll do great in uh, New England because I think at this stage of their careers, Cam Newton is more talented than Tom Brady. Right. Right now. Right now. Okay. Meaning like okay. what Tom Brady has left, he has more. Cam Newton has more talent and more upside than Brady does. Because Brady probably has uh, one to two more years left in him. Right. Right? Cam Newton still has like a good seven years. Right, right. And at a higher level. But Brady um, got more IQ to get it in right now. Yeah. But yeah, I feel what you're saying. So, so, so maybe a, a team a team that's looking for a, a long term. In New England. And yeah. Cam being able to run, get down, be more mobile. And also the NFL has moved towards more mobile quarterbacks. Right, right. Right? So I think he'll be good there. I mean, sure. Belichick is still the coach there, though. Does, does he does he care for mobile quarterbacks like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Belichick cares about winning. True. Right? Like, he cares about... And then also, let's keep in mind, Cam Newton's better than Sam Darnold. Cam Newton's better than Jared Goff. Right? Let's let's just let's just go through it. Um, who's, who, who else is out there? Cam Newton's better than the 49ers quarterback. Garoppolo? Yeah. Right? He's better than Garoppolo. Um... In the in the who you got in the north? Um, Cousins, he's not gonna take his job. Uh, he's not gonna take. Rodgers I heard job. Chicago. Chicago, Trubisky. He's better than him. Yeah, Mitch, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, another flopped. Yep, flopped. Um, who's the who's the other fourth team in the north that I'm bugging? The Vikings, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Lions, Stafford. They don't know how well he's gonna come back from his injury. Yeah. But I think. I think he would do well in Chicago. They have a good defense. He'll do well. Yo, if I'm the 49ers, I might take Cam Newton to upgrade for a year, but they wouldn't take time. No, they, so. just, they just gave the bag to, uh, to Garoppolo. No, they didn't give him that much of a bag, though. Oh, okay. They gave him the bag, but they didn't give him that much they, of a okay. bag. Okay. Um, but I hope he goes to a team that could win now because it would be good to see him win now. Interesting. Uh, last sports thing, we had the passing of, um, well, uh, well-acclaimed and well-known uh, boxing trainer, uh, Roger Mayweather. Okay. Unfortunately, Roger Mayweather passed away this past week. Absolutely. Rest in peace, man. And for those who don't know it, that um, Roger Mayweather was also a champion when he fought, but he, he did a lot of training of Mayweather. And he was always by Mayweather's side, right? Um, there was a point where Mayweather's father left him. Yep. Stopped training. And but his uncle, Ro- Roger, was still. training him. And then when his when Mayweather reconciled with his father, Roger Roger just fell back and was like, "Yo, that's my nephew. If he want his dad, then that's cool." When his father's like, "I'm gonna train him and I'm gonna do more," Roger just fell back like, "Whatever you need me to do, you want me to be the towel boy, you want me to do." And I think that that's missing a lot in family sometimes. 
where people are just like, yo, whatever role you want me to play, I'll play. I just want to be alone for a ride. Right. And I think that was just so dope of him. And I remember Mayweather constantly saying like, yo, when my uncle can't train me no more, I won't, I'll stop boxing because it won't be the same without him in my corner. You know, and I, I know Mayweather's hurting. He also, as we talked about earlier, he lost his... um The mother of uh, three of his kids, right? Kids, yeah. Right. Um, she was found dead in a car in California. So, like, really, mom, I, I send my condolences. My heart goes out to Mayweather. That's tough losing somebody that's like a father figure. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, I, I saw some comments on social media, too. And trust me, I, I know that Mayweather is far from a perfect person, okay. you know? And we know he, um, you know, he's he has a very uh, checkered past and, you know has done some heinous things outside of boxing, but I still feel like, you know, people kind of like, well, well, why should it matter? I, I, I would I would still just, I don't like hurt for anybody, you yeah. know? I don't like hurt for anybody, pain for anybody, um, you know, back to cancel culture. I don't think we have to dismiss the losses that he's going through because of, you know, the the shortcomings he may have as a man that's one thing but yeah. you know we not we not the creator we don't we don't you know we shouldn't say somebody's worthy of hurt because they may have hurt people in the past and that's 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 not our job that's not our job to and you know what you know what conversation I can't wait for us to have when do we start forgiving people right mm-hmm. like when, when when do we as a society as a culture of black folks at at one point is it okay to give forgive? People? Yeah, because there's there's a lot of figures we can go through over the years where yeah, right. Like like I think about like the Ray Rice situation, right? Um, and I think about and I think about the Ray Rice not because he hit his 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 fiance at the time, his wife now, but I think about when the information came out to us, right? Like we had been we had heard about him doing it, right? I heard about them reconciling. But the video came out something like six months after the incident. Right. And the video also strategically came out the week he was supposed to come back to the NFL office suspension. And when it came out, it was like this huge uproar. But in my mind, I was saying the person that he had the issue with had forgiven him. Mm -hmm. And they had moved on with it. But we as a society and as a culture decided we wasn't ready to forgive you. And because we wasn't ready to forgive him... We ended his career. So, at what point do we just start forgiving people? I'm not saying when is the right time. Right, but I'm right. Just, saying at just, what just, point just the thought. Yeah, yeah. Just the thought about right? it. Like, and, and that's yeah. a conversation that we gotta have. Yeah. As a culture. As a culture, yeah. Like we, we got people with fucked up history in our households and our families, and this is true. We just grew up with this. Mm-hmm. Right? Speak on it. And and, and, and we and, just and we just allow it. That's what right? you would say and in Jamaican culture. Yeah, allowed it, or whether we forgive that person, or whether we understand that time really changed that person, and we get it because we personally know that person, right? Like, and it's like cool. I personally know this person. I know this person's a dope individual. I know they're forgiven for what they've done, but the world doesn't know that, mm-hmm. right? But is it up to the world to forgive them, right? Or is it up for the people who is directly affected by that to forgive them? There's a lot to it, bro. Um, it, it'll be dope to unpack. Um, and and by all means, I know there's a lot of sensitivity depending on on, on what the person may have done. Absolutely. But it's something worth pondering. It's something worth pondering for a variety of people, a variety of figures, men and women um, within our culture, within our community. You know, at what point do we or are some people forever canceled? And some people will trust me. Some people in our culture will forever be canceled. Um, Depending on what it is that they did, in my opinion, you know, but it is a conversation um, 
worth having it or, or, just, or just thinking about for the, for the, for the long haul. Absolutely. And I think when we have that conversation, it'd be good to have some women guests. Oh, absolutely. Because we need that perspective. We definitely need that perspective. Um, Dr. J, take us home with this, though. The uh, New York City Board of Health uh, had released some uh, health information in regards to uh, activities um, during this COVID-19, some COVID-19. And uh, I want you to, uh, you know, with your medical expertise, just uh, educate us on here and uh, let let the good people know how they should... uh, be engaging in the ramping shop during uh, the COVID-19 times. So, so they, they released a, a sex and coronavirus disease guideline. Right? This is from the New York City Board of Health. This is no made-up stuff here. So it says, have sex with people close to you. You are your safest sex partner. Masturbation will not spread COVID. <laughs> right? Um, you also have the next safest partner is someone you live with. I don't know if New York City knows, but that may not always be true. Right, like New York City, because rent is so expensive, there are a lot of people who cohabit together, um, cohabitate together. I'm sorry, um, and then we have, uh, uh, you should avoid close contact, including sex, with anyone outside. If you usually meet your sex partners online or make a living by having sex, consider taking a break from in-person dates. You know what I find is funny about that line? It's almost like <laughs> they're aware. Well, I mean, they're always aware, but it's almost like. Uh, they're almost okay okay with in that sense of uh, prostitution in a sense or or sex work the way they said that like yeah we know it exists so take a break from it interesting how are they expecting people to make money if you if you make money from having sex how are you supposed to make money and then it says take care during sex kissing easily passes COVID so don't kiss during sex Uh, rimming which is mouth on anus might spread COVID nineteen. Hmm. Right. That's mouth. gonna be a, that's gonna be a problem for a lot of y'all fellas because that's that seemed to have been a trend lately in twenty nineteen. <laughs> Virus and feces may enter your mouth. Right. Um, also, this is might they don't really know this. They're hypothesizing this. Uh, condoms can reduce contact with saliva or feces. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm, whatever. Washing up before and after sex is more important than ever now. Skip sex if your partner is not feeling well. This is New York City's guide. And we're, we're trying to give you all some relief of this right now. Um, now, on our next episode, because we, we didn't want to talk about COVID too much. We got off a little bit because it's on everybody's mental. Right. But on our, Give you a little our, mental vacation. Yeah. But on our next episode, oh, please believe. I'm going to come give the government they ass about the way they've been treating my healthcare workers during this COVID crisis. And um, we definitely going to... Take a better look and dissect oh, the unfortunate financial and market effects oh, yeah, of everything related to COVID nineteen. Absolutely, I look at my stock market one more time. I might punch my financial advisor. Hmm. <laughs> my four hundred one k is down, <laughs> down, down, down. But it'll swing up. It'll swing up. But <laughs> from the block to the boardroom, we oh, appreciate wait, 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 wait. y'all. Oh no, I got you. I got. I was just saying, you know, amongst these times, you know, we uh, okay, okay. appreciate folk, you know, listening, well, we, we tuning in. Our hood scripture. Before, but, uh, before we stop this, you know, right Sunday's now, a few um, hours away. But yeah, man, it was, it was good to be back here with the yeah, people. Yeah, nah, man. definitely, absolutely. Recording again. Shout out to everybody out here having the virtual parties. 
Shout out to DJ D9. D9. Yeah, that's a, definitely shout out to DJs that's been uh, providing that live entertainment, man. D-Nice. And he's been going on for hours, bro. Like, my man just, he takes like bathroom breaks and a quick sandwich break and gets right back to it. Um, Yo, on, on uh, uh, there was two reggae DJs, two so uh, on uh, Y Match, W I Match. That page is going off. My boy, We Match. My boy Rax. Jay, you got the COVID? This motherfucker coughing all crazy over here. Does all this talk and then just starts having a cough attack, folks? If there's no episode five, cause I'm sick, you know what happened. Oh boy, let me get into the hood scripture because I think we need to be delivered right about now. So this week's hood scripture comes from the book of Jehovah, and this is actually um, an old song. It is on a written testimony, Jay Electronica's album, but Jay Electronica and Jay Z actually had released a song about three years ago, um, and it's called Shiny Suit Theory. So congregation, I'll get into this. In this, manila, in this manila envelope, the results, the results of my insanity. Quack said I crossed the line between r- real life and fantasy. Can it be the same one uncovers with Warren Buffett? Was ducking the undercovers with Warren with motherfuckers. Went from Warren, Warren, undercovers to covers. If you believe in that sort of luck, your screws need adjusting. In the world of no justice and black ladies on the back of buses. I'm the immaculate conception of rappers slash hustlers. My God, it's so hard to conceive. But if all falls perfect, I'm like autumn to trees. Ah, oh, the doc interrupted. He scribbled prescription for some Prozac. He said, take that for your muster. Boy, you must be off your rocker. If you think you make it off the strip before they pock you. Nigga, you gotta be psychotic or mixing something potent with your vodka. It takes a lot to shock us. But you being so, prepos- so preposterous is preposterous. Man. How could this nappy-headed boy out the projects be the apple of America's obsession? He totally disconnected with reality. Don't believe in dreams. Since when did black men become kings? From the block to the boardroom, episode four, y'all. Appreciate y'all. See y'all next time. Two versatile brothers, Dr. J. Trap stars. Yes. Yeah, I get out of my crib. Y'all brought COVID in my house. <laughs> Blame it on us. <laughs> <laughs>